It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there. But with all the current uncertainty, how do we know when and where to put our hard-earned money to work for us? It's easy to become distracted by that shiny object or the quote-unquote next best thing. So how do we determine which strategies will best align with our financial goals? Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies to build our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Danny Nichols. And I'm Chris Thompson. This is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Today's guest is Bailey Kramer. Bailey is a real estate investor, entrepreneur, and podcast host based in sunny Orlando, Florida. He uncovered his passion for real estate investing when he was 19 years old after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad in his college dorm. Since then, Bailey has focused on acquiring properties, all using creative financing strategies. Bailey, it's great to see you, man. Welcome to the show. Hey, Daniel. Super excited to be on. Let's do it. Yeah, man. This is uh, I've been excited for the show uh, uh, for quite a while now. Uh, glad we could finally connect. Um, you know, I love your story. You know, we've seen you on social media, all over social media, really. Uh, but we want to give our listeners a bit more context about you and your background and how you got started in real estate at such a young age. So let's just start it off with that. Yeah. So how do you, I get that question a lot. So I, like you mentioned in my bio, picked up Rich Dad Port at 19. But what really led me to pick up that book and just a few years before that is I've always been interested in entrepreneurship. I always knew I wanted to be the person in charge, in control of myself, my time, my money, but of course, you know, time being the biggest factor. So, you know, started college, I was just like kind of a general business major. And I was like, all right, I need to figure out what I want to do because it's always been a goal of mine to graduate college being self-sufficient, not having to get a job, not having to rely on my parents or anybody else, just being able to support myself. So I knew I had to think of something. I knew I wanted to you know, start something business-wise, entrepreneurship-wise. So I started doing some research online, found some books. And the one book that kept on coming up and up and up was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I've always been interested in finance and stuff business. So I was like, you know, it's, it's highly, highly reviewed, highly rated. So I read it. And after I read it, you know, he mentioned real estate a few times in there, but I looked him up on the internet, this Robert Kiyosaki guy, the author, and it said he's worth, you know, it's crazy amount of money. And he did it all through real estate. So I was like, whoa, real estate. Wow. What does this even mean? So from there, I found bigger pockets. And that's when the journey really started uh, picking up. You know, I think that's, uh, you know, that I, lo- I love that story because, you know, you hear it from a number of different investors as well, right? It's that it's that purple book that really kicks it off. It's that mindset shift, right? And uh, I right. think that's, it's so huge in, in this game and being an investor. I mean, a lot of different things it really applies, but I think it's really huge. And in fact, you know, bigger pockets, that's where I started, right? I mean, as soon as I found bigger pockets, it was on after that, just like, hey, <laughs> We're diving into all this information. This is fantastic. So I'm 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 right there with you, man. And I think that's that's pretty fantastic. So you went, you read the you read the purple book, you jumped on bigger pockets, right? What actions did you take from there to actually get started in real estate investing? Because you know, it's easy to say you can read a book and you can read all the information you want, but it's something right. else to say you've you've taken action to actually do it. Can you talk to us about a little bit about that kind of that process and that journey? Yeah. So it's, it's, it was a long process, long journey. And this is kind of what happened. So I read the book. I found bigger pockets just from learning, just from researching online, found bigger pockets. First thing I started listening to all their podcasts. I've always been kind of a podcast guy. So it was kind of a no brainer. Just hop on their, you know, listen to their podcast. And I was listening to multiple episodes every single day. And the coolest thing was I was learning a new concept in each, in each episode. I was learning 
fix and flip, wholesale, self-storage. And these were all brand new concepts to me at the time. So it kind of was like always very new and exciting. And after a couple months, I want to say, of listening to podcasts, reading books, going to webinars, just kind of doing all like that free education type thing, I went back on Bigger Pockets and I started messaging people. And I'd message them and basically introduce myself and try to, my goal was to hop on a networking call with them just to pick their brain, learn from them. Honestly, at the time, I didn't even know why I was exactly doing it. I just knew, I, I learned a lot of things from just listening to things. I just I just needed to talk to somebody. My family's not in real estate. I'm like, I just need to connect with people. I want to hear from the source. So I started connecting with people. And um, that was, you know, literally a few months on bigger pockets, networking with people, talking to people. And during that that networking, there were a lot of people I talked to, super nice people, but there wasn't going to be any immediate benefit or effect or relationship that was really there. But then the few people, because it's kind of like a big funnel, you talk to a hundred people, you're going to find a few really good ones that you're going to hold on to. That's what happened to me. So I found a few good people. I mean, everyone was good, a good person, but I found a few, <laughs> a few good people I connected with. And then I ended up joining a mastermind group and kind of plugging into a community. I started kind of expanding more of my network and my education, started a meetup group, started a podcast. And at this point, I'm still in what I call full-on education mode, where I'm just networking, I'm just learning, and I just want to do whatever I can to just learn a network. So that was kind of the stage that I was at really even like six months after I I, I picked up um, Rich Dad Porta. You know what? I think that's, uh, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, you, you've gone to networking, you've joined a mastermind, you started a podcast, you've done things in, in pretty quick time, you know, and I think that that speaks volumes to who you are and exactly, you know, what other people should be considering as well. Don't be idle, you know, take action. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things. And it seems like you have no issues with that. You know, a lot of people, they have this, they get this thing where they get stuck and, you know, we, we can actually dive into that a little bit later, but I do want to touch on one thing that you mentioned, you know, you started by networking. Can you touch on, uh, you know, how important it was for you to actually take that leap and start networking and join a mastermind? How important has that been in your success so far? It's been every, everything. Literally networking is everything. The, the reason why I started the podcast and the meetup group and joined the mastermind was all from people I met in through, through networking on bigger pockets and Facebook groups. That was literally it. It sounds almost sketchy in the beginning, but, and that's actually how I found my business partner today. I initially met him through a Facebook group, which that sounds like super sketchy and like, what, <laughs> what? that's weird. But um, it's just crazy what networking can do because you could have all the education out there. I got pretty, after reading a bunch of books, listening to podcasts, I got pretty comfortable with the concept, you know, like a fix and flip. You buy a property that's under market value, you fix it up and you sell it. It sounds super easy, super simple, but those really technical aspects of it that you can't read in a book, that's when you need somebody who's more experienced. That's, That's what helped me the most is partnering and being surrounded with experienced people because I understood the, the the base of it, but those really technical aspects of it, I had no idea. And I'm still I'm still learning as, as I go through each new property, new things. But um, networking has been the biggest piece. And actually, one of the things that helped me start the meetup group was I kept the list of everyone that I was networking with initially in bigger pockets. And then when someone kind of said, "Hey Bailey, you should start a meetup group," have you thought about that? And I was like, "Oh, okay, sure, I can. No, let me let me do that." Um, 
I went through the group that I had the list of hundreds of people that I've been networking with over a few months time. I invited them all. And out of the hundreds of people I invited, 15 came for the first one. So it was like a nice, small, you know, it wasn't a thousand person event. It was nice and small, but I would never have been able to get 15 people there if it wasn't for the networking that I did months prior to that. Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's, it's pretty fantastic. And I think a lot of people don't take into consideration the momentum that comes with when you start connecting with other people. And and just like you said, you might connect with 100 different people on Bigger Pockets or Facebook who are in the real estate investing community, but they might not all be the right fit. But you might right. get one or two or three that are really going to take you to that next level that you really sync up with. And I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of limiting beliefs when it comes to a lot of parts of real estate investing, right? Uh, we can we can dive into that. Um, you know, I know when I first started in real estate investing, I had a number of limiting beliefs. You know, I didn't I didn't have the network, I didn't have the team. I, maybe I didn't have the financing. Maybe I didn't have the knowledge. Uh, did you you know talk to us about your experience with limiting beliefs? Have, did you have any issues with limiting beliefs through this whole process? Um, and what did that look like for you? Yeah, so for sure, the the, the first. And the most maybe obvious limiting belief that I had, and a lot of people my age have, young young investors, is I'm not old enough to get started in, in real estate. Or what usually comes with young age is I don't have enough money to start in real estate. So those were two of the biggest limiting beliefs I initially had is I don't have enough money and I'm too young to get started. Um, those were two that that I, I that gets a lot of people stuck, which is why. Um, I'm happy I'm able to share it now with other people because the way I was able to get past those limiting beliefs was again through networking. So by literally just talk, like when I said I was making those networking calls, I didn't really have any any motive to it. I was just I needed to talk to people. I needed to just chat and and learn from people who are doing it. From there, I got confidence from people. They're like, "Wow, you're already getting started and you're 19." And at the time, like I was getting like looking back, that was my start, but. I wasn't actually buying property then. I was just kind of networking with people. So um, the networking piece has been the biggest factor in crushing my limiting beliefs. It's just surrounding myself with those high-level people and and they're able to, to raise you up as well. Yeah, I think that's huge because, you know, a lot of people, they do have that limiting belief, especially in the beginning. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, you know, this and this. This is not a one-man show, you know? I mean, typically this is a team sport. Uh, and so, you know, you don't have to have all these thoughts of, you know, I don't I don't know who to talk to and, you know, I don't know how to do this or do that. Just start reaching out to people. Start taking action and you're going to find the people that you need, you know, uh, just align your interests, know what you want. And then, and then go from there. I do want to transition a little bit, uh, talk about something that we, that I know that you're uh, very familiar with. And we actually touched on it in your bio. We mentioned your use of creative financing strategies, very interested in hearing about this. So talk to us about the different types of creating finances you've implemented. Yeah. So creative finance is basically just a special term for, you know, funding your deal. So for example, typically what happens is when someone buys a home, as you know, They'll go to the bank. They'll say, "Hey, can I get a mortgage? Thirty years." And you know, the more the, the the bank will check your credit. They'll check your you know last years of tax returns. They I don't know what else they do. What else, how, how how you know I don't know what they do. Background whatever they do, but um, for somebody like me, if they check my credit score and my last two years of tax returns, they're gonna probably laugh at me to be honest. <laughs> um, Actually, credit score is not too bad, but the <laughs> last few years tax returns, I'm 20 years old. I don't have too much experience behind me in that sense. Sure. So 
Uh, one strategy that um, that benefits me a lot is using creative financing, which um, comes in a lot of different forms. One of the main ones and most common ones is something called seller financing, also known as owner financing. So that scenario where I had to go to the bank to get that mortgage and they did all those, that background check on me, all that good stuff. Instead of doing that, we actually find sellers who they'll become the bank. They'll basically create the mortgage. Um, so it gets obviously a little bit more complex than just, you know, that, but that's kind of like the base rundown of it. There's also a strategy called subject to the mortgage, where in the simplest terms, the buyer, or sorry, the seller, the person that you're talking to that you want to buy the place from, they already have a mortgage in place and you don't actually have to apply for the mortgage. You basically just take over the payments of the mortgage. Mm -hmm. So those are the, the simplest ways of explaining them. You have the subject to, and you have the seller finance. And you're, fo you're focused on single family homes. Is that correct? Right. Do you find one or the other, uh, you use more one or the other, whether it's uh, the subject to or the seller finance? Um, no, it really just depends on the situation. And, and you can also use these strategies for any size asset class. I've, I've only done them personally in single family, but we've done them for, uh, for properties that are $68,000. We've done it for a property that's $800,000. So you could, you could do, and that's a single family house. You could do these strategies for any asset class. It really just depends on the situation and really what, you know, what the seller wants to do, how motivated they are. Sometimes sellers actually prefer seller financing. You really run across all situations. So um, it's about 50-50, I'd say. Okay, right on. Um, so, and I'm just, because I'm curious, because I'd love to hear this story. Can you kind of walk us through the process of maybe one of those properties you bought with seller financing? How did that, how did that work? You know, from, from finding the deal to, to actually getting it to close and making an actual investment property. Can you just walk, briefly walk us through that? Yeah, perfect. So what we do is all off-market lead generation, which is a whole nother conversation and a whole nother, sure. uh, whole nother session. So I'll cut to the chase where we found an, we found a property. We found us uh, two actually happened to be a seller who had two properties. We contacted a seller. He had um, two properties he wanted to sell. He lived two hours away. These properties he hasn't touched in a couple of years. They both need some work. So we approach him and we say, hey, Mr. Seller, and this is this is the real life example. Hey, Mr. Seller, we want to buy your properties. Um, and by the way, the, both these properties were paid off. So there was no mortgage to you know, help out with. It was just he could become the bank in, that, in, this, in this scenario that I'm going with. So he said, okay, I have two properties and I'm, I'm basically interested in selling them. We said, you know, what do you want for them? He gave us his price and we said, okay. We could do that price, but it has to be um, on terms or, you know, in other words, seller financed. So his wife so is a husband and wife and his husband, the husband was like, oh, I don't know. And the wife was like, you have to just sell these already. We've been holding <laughs> on to them. They're, what we call motivated sellers. The wife is just like ripping her hair out because the, the guy, the husband won't sell and they've been sitting on them and taxes and they're moving. They just needed to sell. So how the how the deals were structured, they were both individual. So one of the properties, it was the purchase price was one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and we negotiated zero dollars down. So the only money we actually had to come out of pocket was earnest money, the earnest money deposit, and we needed to come up with closing costs, which totaled roughly about two thousand dollars per house, roughly. 
So basically $2,000 out of pocket and we have a 3% interest rate, maybe 3.25, but I want to say 3% interest rate on both houses. One of them we're turning into a, a rental and one of them we're actually in the process of, of selling, just fixing it and, and selling it. Um, so that's just a, that's kind of the quick rundown of what one of those deals looks like. Obviously there's some, there's some more tricky components of it, but that's, that's the rundown. Yeah, that's that's amazing, man. It sounds like you, uh, you know, you got a quite quite the system there, and you know, finding that deal, it sounds like a pretty much a home run. And you know, and you know, I think it's interesting too because you said, you know, basically you might at your age, you know, you might have difficulty getting traditional financing and and all these things. But when you look at what you just said with this deal with this creative financing structure, potentially with your, you know, if you look at your returns you might have might be getting better returns with this creative financing strategy than you would with traditional financing. Can you speak to that a little bit? Oh, 100%. I mean, we have we have one property. You know, this is this is different than this scenario that I just mentioned. But we had one property just to talk about the returns where we took over the guy's mortgage. Just to quickly run through the details, he had a 2.7 or 2.9% interest rate. Beautiful property in perfect condition. He needs he needs to move. We took over his payments. And again, closing costs, we'll just say 2000 bucks, give or take. Uh, there's no realtor fees or any of that stuff involved. And we're, so we put in 2000 bucks total, and we're going to be making about $500, $600 cash flow from the property a month. That's, that's the rent. So mortgage is about a thousand rent is about 1750, 1800. You know, you have a few expenses in there, obviously. So we're left with about 500 bucks cash flow, which is, which is insane. So the returns can absolutely be better doing it this way. It also takes a lot more, does, t- does take a lot more work to find these sellers who are who are interested to do this. Cause you can go on the on the MLS and find a lot of properties that a bank will be happy to finance for you. But if you want to be kind of scrappy with it, this is definitely a way where you can get crazy returns, putting in little money and, and still uh, controlling property. Uh, you know, that's amazing. You know, you've really found a niche there and you're you're excelling at it. And I think it's fantastic. The one thing I want to ask real quick is, you know, a lot of our listeners that might be sitting here thinking, you know, that sounds really difficult. I could just go to a bank and, you know, get a, get a loan and, you know, call us a day and we'll be good. But the one thing I want to say is, you know, they might not know where to find the type of information to actually learn how to do this. Do you have any specific resources that you would suggest listeners or anybody interested in using seller financing that they could that they could use? Yeah, I, I post a lot of a lot about it on my Instagram, but other people who post really good content about it, uh, there's a guy on YouTube named Pace Morby. Pace Morby, his content is like really, really good. He's not one of those gurus who just like talks about all these like crazy things. He's what I call a guru. He actually does it. And nice. we've taken everything he implements on his YouTube that he gives out for free. And we've implemented in our business and everything works so far. So um, he's one guy that is a master at creative finance that, you know, I still watch to this day and I, I definitely recommend people watch if they're interested in getting, getting creative with it. Awesome. Really appreciate you sharing that. Um, I think that's going to be a good resource for our listeners. Uh, Bailey, you know, you, you're doing this creative financing thing, you know, you're really crushing it out there. We've seen you on social media all over the place. What is your plan going forward? Are you, you plan on sticking to the single family and doing the creative financing structure? What's your plan, man? Yeah, it's a really good question. So we're pretty much just leveling up one by one every, every single month. So you know, we started with properties that were a hundred thousand. You know, actually, we have one for sixty-eight thousand that were you know it's worth two hundred thousand dollars after it's fixed up. 
but we keep leveling up our properties. Now we just bought one that's $800,000. So me next next thing you know, we could be getting into some some smaller multifamily. Um, we're, we're, we're sticking our foot, we're keeping our focus in the single family, in, in the smaller things right now. But um, especially with the lead generation, you know, we can always just turn the switch and, and go for larger properties. So we're, we're, we're going through the cycles. We're, we're learning a lot, doing a lot. And um, there, there's so many different things in real estate that I want to do. And we, I know we were talking about this before. I think there's like a million like self-storage, mobile home parks, you name it. I'm interested in it, but I can't do it all at once. That's for sure. Um, so taking it little by little, eventually I'll get to, I'll get to everything hopefully. But right now, kind of just sticking with that single family and small multifamily. It's a great vision, you know, and you started at a young enough age where you could probably tackle all those things <laughs> relatively quickly, man. I think it, I think it's fantastic. I wish I would have started at your age, man. Uh, I think that's that's awesome. You got a great you got a great mindset. Uh, you're out there crushing it. Love to see that, man. And, uh, you know, I know we've gone over a lot today from education to how important networking is to, uh, you know, creating a team, seller financing, all that stuff. It's been, it's been a great conversation, Bailey. And, uh, you know, but before we get out of here, we want to take some time and shine the spotlight on you. So tell us just what else you have going on. Yeah, I appreciate it. So some exciting things going on. I'm starting up a YouTube channel. So that'll be maybe by the time this, this airs, the, the first property or the first episode will be out. Um, I also have a, a podcast called Real Estate Investing Made Simple. We're also making that another YouTube channel and kind of glamoring it up. So that'll be pretty exciting. And then, yeah, I would just say follow along on, on Instagram or Facebook. Connect with me. That's where I'm typically most active. I love connecting with anybody. If you're just starting out or you've been in the business for a while, I'd love to connect with you. If there's a way I can add value to you, always happy to do it and just connecting with people that's what's gotten me to where I am today. And I know for me to get to the next level, it's just going to be networking with more and more people, more and more like-minded people. So um, yeah, don't, I don't have anything, no, nothing to sell. Just, just want to connect <laughs> with people. Um, just like engaging and learning, learning new things from other people. And I'm always happy and would love to do it. Awesome. Awesome. Te- what's the name of that YouTube channel? Do you know, or what's it going to, can you tell us a little bit more? It's yeah. About? The YouTube channel, the, the podcast channel is going to be called real estate investing made simple. That's the name of my podcast. We're kind of just making the content a little bit more uh, glamorous for YouTube. And then I'm also having a, another YouTube channel just with my name, Bailey Kramer. And that's where I'm going to be going over a lot of things we talked about today, the, 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 the tips and tricks with the seller financing, the creative financing strategies, how to get started at a young age, all that good stuff. I'm making actionable videos. I'm not a guru. I don't want to be a guru. And I'm definitely not trying to be a guru, but just really teaching what I'm doing. And, and really just my goal is to help other people do it as well. So, you know, just look up my name, Bailey Kramer on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, I'm not on Reddit, so not there, but really anywhere. <laughs> and, and And I'd love to connect. Awesome, Bailey. Really, really, it's awesome, man. You're doing big things, making moves, and you got a bright future. Uh, that's for sure, man. So, but uh, really appreciate you having me on the show, and uh, you're welcome back anytime, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show, and while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.